We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Bro. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call a paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to week 16 of the WWE versus AEW podcast. I am your host as ever, Daniel, and let's get into week 16 of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, we're just going to go through a bit of the news, followed by the ratings, followed by just a quick little recap of the two shows from this Week. So obviously NXT, they had their go-home show for the Worlds Collide NXT versus NXT UK show coming this Saturday, the night before the Royal Rumble, whereas AEW, as I'm sure you will all know, re- oh no, all know, recorded Dynamite from Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager at Sea, live on the boat. It produced a great, great look, didn't it? Um, I don't know if anyone actually saw this, um, but last year they actually did they did a bit of a Ring of Honor slash um, Bullet Club show on the boat. So if any of you haven't actually seen bits of that show, what I'd recommend going to see, I think they did a match, and I think it was, off the top of my head, I think it was the it was the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho versus, uh, I think it was versus Kenny versus Cody and versus Hangman Page. Six-man tag, really, really good six-man tag. So if any of you might have missed that for whatever reason, definitely go and check that match out. So we will be talking those two shows later on in this podcast. Um, Right, so let's get into some of just the little tidbits of news. And really one of the big stories was actually last night um, where it broke that dynamite. Why do people ring this doorbell every time I'm trying to record? Be right back. Hello, I'm back everyone, I'm back. I'm sure, I feel I'm sure this happened last week or the week before. Flipping it. Door knocker wanting to know if I wanted to get some smart some smart alarms on my property. Um, apparently next door's alarms aren't very good. But every credit to him, out on a Saturday morning canvassing for alarms. Well, little does he know we're here recording a wrestling podcast. So as I was saying, AEW. Now the big news yesterday, they have finally ventured into the eastern market, the northeastern market of America, and everyone's saying, why have they not done a show in New York? I think Cody sort of put a little tweet up last night where he sort of mentioned that due to politics, it's great that they're finally able to do some shows in the New York area. They're doing, I think, Rochester on March the 16th, is it? Um, might be March the 18th, but they're running um, the Prudential Centre in Newark, New Jersey, um, obviously on the outskirts of New York. Um, it's the first tri-state area dynamite debut. What do I know about American history? I fought Rochester the week before. Is that not New York? Maybe? No. Um, anyway, I'm English, so whatever. Um, but yeah, so they're running New York, and the big news is, as you knew this was going to happen when they ventured into this market, but if anyone had forgotten about the buzz around AEW, you were reminded last night, as AEW incredibly sold 
10,000 tickets in the first afternoon of sales for the show at the Prudential Centre. Now, people might say, oh, it's 10,000, whatever. But if you think about this, shows like SummerSlam that have been in the New York area haven't had a Thursday advance like this. So that just shows... Just, just shows the interest in the show. SummerSlam, the second, maybe third biggest WWE show there that's been in Brooklyn has not been doing 10,000 ticket sales on that first day. Let's go to Dynamite, the little AEW. They have sold 10,000 seats. So well done to AEW on that. It's great news for a wrestling fan, whether you're a WWE fan, whether you're an AEW fan, or whether you're just like every normal person in this, a fan of wrestling. So yeah, great news. So AEW sell 10,000 thousand tickets for their first show in the tri-state area now last week on the show we told you that brian cage was rumored to be signing for aew well we have a big update in that because brian cage he's torn his pecs i'm afraid devastating for brian cage who had left impact and was negotiating with we're presuming aew um, to all two of Tony's pecs. Obviously, I don't know what that's going to mean for him. Obviously, when, you've, when you're not contracted, do you know what I mean? And you're about to make a big money move, the last thing you want to do is get an injury because um, that's six months without the sort of pay you would be getting unless maybe AEW can strike a deal with that, but you'd be surprised if they did. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll lock him into a contract from now and maybe sort him out because they're seeing they like to look after their talent a little bit more than WWE seem to do. So yeah, so Brian Cage out for up to six months with that. So if you're thinking about it, that's basically him out until mid to late summer. So yeah, devastating news for Brian Cage. Right, I think it's time now to talk about the ratings. The ratings, it's really, it's becoming a foregone conclusion. It would seem every week. So the week 16 ratings... AEW 871,000 to NXT's 769,000. So off the top of my head, that is a victory of 102,000 for AEW. That is now their, what would it be? It will be their fourth victory of the year. So 4-0 to zero for the year. It's, it's easier to say 4-0 to zero because... If you go back to the start, there was a draw. So instead of saying, I don't know, 16 to 3 to 1, it's a lot easier just saying it's 4 0 for this year. As AEW likes to do, let's wipe the slate clean for the new year. Um, but yeah, so that's a, another win for AEW, which isn't, people are talking about this. It's a taped show. The Dynamite show was actually taped on the Tuesday. So it was taped on the boat on the Tuesday. All the spoilers had leaked online. I avoided them myself because I'm not a fan of basically knowing what the whole happens on the whole show. But yeah, so people had the opportunity to read those Dynamite spoilers and then watch the NXT go-home show for Worlds Collide Live. But it appears they didn't choose to do that or more appeared to want to see the Dynamite taped show more than the NXT live show. I mean, there's a couple of things you could say that maybe. NXT concentrating on NXT UK talent. I mean, they've just thrown the NXT UK talent in bulk on this show just to build up for the Worlds Collide show. Half of the NXT audience don't have a clue who these guys are. So that's one of them I can see. You've got, you got Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov. Has Dragunov ever appeared on NXT? No. So all you're getting is a video package, like sort of building him up. But yeah, so a big win for AEW. The fourth straight win in the row. They're winning this, as we're told, all-important 1849 demographic once again. So yeah, AEW, 871,000 to NXT's 769,000. So they're basically some of 
probably say the bigger stories. Um, I'm just going to leave you one little last piece of gossip on the news. Now, there's been reports all over the internet that Lance Archer, Lance Archer of New Japan Pro Wrestling, is in talks to sign with AEW. This would be a fantastic signing. You might know Lance Archer from his days in TNA. I think he wrestled, was he called Lance Hoyt in TNA? I think he was in a tag team with Kid Cash. I feel like on one of the old Impact Zone podcasts that I used to do with Sean, we uh, reviewed a Lance Hoyt match teaming up with Kid Cash. Go and check those out in the archives of the Neutral Wrestling feeds. I think we recorded them maybe about a year ago now on the Impact Zone podcast. We reviewed about 40 NA pay-per-views. I think we did about like Final Resolution 2005 and stuff like that. The first Turning Point 2004 where Elix Skipper did that crazy move off the cage. Um, so yeah, so Lance Archer, I think Lance Archer, Lance Archer, sorry, would be a great signing. Um, a year ago, if you'd have asked a lot of people, that would have been like, uh, it'd be okay, won't it? And then he had that match with Will Ospreay at the New Japan Cup last year, and then he just went on to have an incredible year with New Japan. He really was one of the highlights of the G1. Um, he had some great... Every match he seemed to be in was really, really good for a man of his size, a man of his age, a man who's had his injuries. He had some great matches. That match with Ospreay again at the G1, he had a great... He even had a good match with Bill... With, Bad luck Farley in the G1. Um, so, yeah, so maybe if you're interested in Lance Archer, go and check some of his work out in the G1. But, yeah, Lance Archer to AW would be a great signing. A true heel, a big monster heel, big guy. If you can get Lance Archer in, brilliant. That would be a great signing. Is it, although I, I'm a big New Japan fan, I don't feel like New Japan really will utilise him to the extreme. I think if you went to AEW, you'd find Lance Archer in that main event scene. Whereas in New Japan, he's pretty much like a mid-carder. He faced, obviously he faced Moxley at the Tokyo Dome. But yeah, I'd like to see him. I think he deserved his big break on um, TV in the States. So yeah, I'd like to see Lance Archer go to AEW. W, right, so that is all the news, we've told you the ratings, we've told you about this big ticket sale news for AEW in Newark, we've talked about the updates on Brian Cage, updates on Lance Archer, so now all that's left to talk about is these two shows, um, as I feel like I repeat myself every week, we're not here to go through match by match, he hit this move, he hit that move, not really into doing that just yet anyway, and um, but yeah, so we'll talk about these two shows. I'm going to give you an overview of what I thought. I thought Dynamite, um, or talking to someone who said it was more like a house show sort of feel. It, it was, but I enjoyed it. I thought Dynamite was good. NXT, I had a few issues with NXT. So stay tuned towards the end of the podcast to find out what those issues were. But we'll talk about the Dynamite, the Rock and Rager at sea to start with. Um, obviously, it looked great, didn't it, on TV? It was a very... I don't know what the word is to describe it. Like the crowd were on top of the of the of the wrestlers. It was just it was just a great atmosphere, weren't it? Great visual. A part of me thought this would have been great during the day. I remember last year uh, that Ring of Honor show I was talking about. Some of the matches took place during the day, and you could see the water behind. But hey, that didn't happen. Um, but it was still a great visual. Some great moments on this show. Um, we had the Hangman Page versus Kenny. The Hangman Page versus. Hang, sorry, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU for the AEW Tag Team Titles. And I said on this show last week, give the belts to Hangman and Omega. 
have this storyline drag out. We don't need the turn now. Learn your lesson from doing the MJF turn on Cody too soon. Have them win the tag titles. Have them defend the belts against the Young Bucks at Revolution. And maybe down the line, have the turn and have the match at double or nothing. Do you know what I mean? Don't blow your load early and do it now. It doesn't need to be rushed. Just get it to double or nothing. And I think that's I think they've done that. They've learned the lesson from the MJF stuff because here they had Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defeat SCU in what I would call a very, very, very good match. Probably go four stars in it. I really like this match. Obviously, the views on the boat helped. The atmosphere, it was just one of the memorable matches. And I thought it was really good. I, thought, I think the ref did a good job. Numerous times the ref would be counting the pin. And I'm thinking, he's hitting three here, but he just about stopped hitting his hand on the mat. So, yeah, they're doing a great job. A great job with Hangman Page. I mean, that was one of the early criticisms of AEW, how they were just shoving Hangman Page out there in the main title match, and they're ruining him. They had that... Did they have a match with Kip Sabian that went about 18 to 20 minutes? I remember complaining about that myself. Um, obviously, they just sort of thrusted him in there. He wasn't really getting much crowd reaction. But now, they've got... They got they all started with when he came out and said he's going to do some real cowboy shit to pack. Since then, he's got this beer gimmick going. And really, we're going to love a wrestler who's out there to beat the shit out of people, drink a beer with a crowd. That is going to get him over. And that it has done. I mean, it's, I'm almost at the point where it's like, do you really want to turn this guy heel? I'm starting to think maybe I'd prefer Kenny to turn heel. But Paige is doing a great job. Um, I'd keep him babyface and just see how it's going. But he's got a bit of edge to his character. And yeah, it's just really, really good. I'm also glad that the title's changing on because SCU... They didn't really do anything with them, didn't they? I wasn't really sure about them winning the titles in the first place. Um, but yeah, so they didn't do anything. Now the tag titles have got a story. This is going to be a good story between the Bucks, Hangman Page and Kenny. And it'll get those tag team title belts more over. Huge match. Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman could easily main event a pay-per-view. There were just loads of nice little touches in this match. And you had Hangman accidentally strike Omega, but the match continued. I like the fact that Hangman celebrated with the fans and not in the ring with Kenny. Um, it was just great stuff, great storytelling, a great match. And yeah, really good, really good opening half an hour, 25 minutes of Dynamite. Go and check this match out. One of my favourite matches to take, far, take place so far in the opening 16 weeks of Dynamite. Next, we had Britt Baker defeating Priscilla Kelly. You might notice her for a few Twitter videos that went viral last year, I think. Have taken a, did you take a tampon out during a match on an independent show or something? But yeah, Britt Baker beats uh, Kelly. And then after the match, Britt Baker's like abusing Tony Schiavone um, on the microphone, taking the mick out of him for working at a Starbucks. And then JR just goes, right, that's enough of this. And it cuts off, which was, no, eh, it was a little bit weird. Um, we had Jericho and Proud and Powerful versus Jurassic Express. Now, the match, it was like, like we said, it was like a house show tag match. Um, but one great memory from this was Chris Jericho's entrance. Obviously, we're on Jericho's boat, and we've just got the entire boat screaming Fozzy Judas at the top of their lungs. It was just, it was one of their entrances, like a bit like CM Punk back at Money in the Bank 2011. It always seems to come back to CM Punk. Um, one of their entrances you could watch time and time again. Great entrance. Um, it's great to hear the crowd sing along to his theme. The match itself was surprising for me. Um, they sort of had Stunt, Marco Stunt, get the shine on Jericho, which I don't have a problem with. I'm a fan of Marco Stunt. But it seemed like they'd been building Jungle Boy and Jericho up, and it was sort of like they just sort of brushed it off here. The, the two 
All that happened was the heels got the heat on um, Jungle Boy for the match, but Jungle Boy didn't really get a near fall on Jericho at the end, and then that was it. There was no like you were, there's no need now to have a Jungle Boy Jericho feud coming out of this. So it felt like they were trying to transition away from that, um, which was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, decent match. It was okay. Nice little tag team match. Um, I tell you what, it feels a little bit like they were doing Luchasaurus one of the most over guys on. AW at the start, he had that injury, now he just seems to be taking a bit of a background um, step, so that is a l another little bit surprising thing, um, so yeah, Jericho gets the pin on Marco Stunt with the Judas effect, um, we had MJF defeating Joey Janela, thanks to description from Kip Sabian Penelope, Joey Janela's ex-girlfriend kissing at the top of the ring, and MJF gets the win, um, we had a nice little segment after this where MJF is just being a complete dick. Cody comes out um, and MJF just like, you can't touch me, blah, blah, blah. Throwing the microphone, MJF steps out of the ring and Cody is like, well, maybe I can't touch you. And bam, turns around, super kick from the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks throw MJF into the pool. Um, I would have liked to have seen a bit more like like they were chanting "You can't swim." I think MJF they could have let him be a bit more like pretending he was drowning. He was doing that, but it could have kept going. But instead, they cut away to a video package. So nice little bit of build. They used like the aesthetics of the boat in here by throwing him in the swimming pool. So yeah, this was good stuff. Nice progression in the feud. Um, we had a backstage Kenny Omega and Hangman Page interview where Tony Schiavone just seems to want to ask questions to Kenny Omega instead of Hangman Page, so nice little teases there, um, he's, wants, he's more interested in talking about Pac and Kenny than he is about Hangman Page winning the belt, um, and then the Young Bucks come up and Hangman Page goes, oh, I'm surprised that we won the titles before you two did, and walks off, so that builds the tension, we're going to get this match at Revolution, aren't we, we're definitely going to get it, and it's going to be great, so they're building up, they've done a great job with Hangman Page, as I've already said, I think that's one of the key notes to take away from this show, and the last few weeks of Dynamite, is just the great job they're doing with Hangman Page, um, main event, main event was Pac versus John Moxley, they was in a bit of a situation here, weren't they, because... Obviously, Moxley's selling the eye from the angle from last week. So, how do you have Moxley go over Pack with one eye without making Pack look weak? That was sort of the problem they had here. But Pack just had to take one for the team and just take the pin to Moxley. They had a good match. Um, Pack worked on the eye for a lot of it. The crowd was sort of dying off towards the end of this. There weren't as much heat on this match as maybe there would have been. Um, if it was earlier in the show, but it was a really good match, I enjoyed it, nice TV main event, and yeah, really enjoyed the match, um, John Moxley wins, and Chris Jericho has a stare down with John Moxley, as the show goes off air, the crowd are chanting, your boat sucks to Jericho, which was amusing, but yeah, so overall, it was like, it was a solid dynamite, we had a really good opener, um, nice little bit of progression in the middle and then a decent TV main event at the end. So the show, I feel like it flowed quick. It didn't feel like a drag like some shows can do later in the week. Like the next show that we're going to talk about really, for me, did drag. Um, so, yeah. And let's talk about NXT. But let me just say the sh NXT show for me dragged. But the difference is I actually didn't watch all of AEW first. So I watched about an hour of AEW, went to work came back, put NXT on, so I was fresh for NXT, and I just couldn't get into this show, I don't know, I don't know, I think one of the problems is, without going too into detail about the NXT show, for me, 
is I was enjoying NXT as it was. And I don't mind a couple of guys from NXT UK. We all know my feelings on NXT UK. I don't like the promotion, but I'm, it's neutral wrestling. We are neutrals in this. And I am unbiased enough to know that there's some great talents in NXT UK. So, but the only problem is when you're showing them all, throwing them all in, it's a bit like the show's just littered with NXT UK people. It's a bit like, I want my NXT. We're building towards World Collide when really I want to be building towards this show um, coming up. Was it takeover? Where is it? God knows, somewhere in Washington anyway. Um, but yeah, the takeover on like what February the eighth or something like that. That's what I'm interested in the build to. Although the Worlds Collide card is really good, and I'm excited for that show. I think the build for that is sort of hindering NXT as a TV show. Um, some of the matches we have had Grizzles Young Veterans versus Undisputed Era. I didn't feel like they meshed well at all. It was a heel versus heel match. I'm sat there thinking they need the show to have, it needs to be NXT UK versus NXT, but at this point, I'm sure they told us this Dusty Rhodes classic match was taking place at Worlds Collide, but later we find out on the show, no, it's taking place next week, so they've had their grizzled young veterans in the final, and you could see this coming a mile off, Imperium were always going to interfere, cost um, Undisputed Era the match, and that's what happened, this is one of them heel versus heel matches, it didn't work, the crowd were pretty much dead for it, they didn't mesh well, and I didn't enjoy this match, um, Next, we had Tony Storm, Eo Shirai, and on paper, I'm thinking, yes, rematch of the May Young Classic that they had, what, about 18 months ago. The progression's quite interesting, because at the time, they were both as big as each other, like, with the fans, and now Eo Shirai's basically a star, and Tony Storm is just plodding along in NXT UK. I do think they will put Tony Storm on the main roster of NXT coming up in the next few months. Um, but yeah, this match, I was starting to enjoy it, just I started to enjoy it, we have Bianca Belair comes out, then Ripley's out, when you, the match ends with Tony Storm stood tall in the ring with the belt, yeah, and she's getting booed, she's a baby fan, she's getting booed because she's going against NXT's biggest star, and it's like, do you really want Tony Storm as a babyface getting booed? I didn't feel like they booked this well at all, to be honest with you. Um, next, we had Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi Blackheart, um... Mauro Ronello on this show, right, I'm not being funny, I know everybody loves Mauro Ronello, we might lose a few listeners over this, but I'm here to give my opinion, this guy is annoying on commentary, I'm sorry, he can be really good in like some of the, the, the epic Gargano Champa matches when he needs to be, but there was numerous times on this show, wait, what, a malfunction at the junction, we heard that twice in the first 45 minutes of this show, it's just a bit annoying. The constant pop culture references. I know I'm probably going to get shouted down by people for criticising him, but I've tried to be unbiased. I've had 16 weeks. I've never really been a fan of Maros. Um, but I've had 16 weeks thinking out of port with him. But this week, he was just ultra annoying. Um, he makes this reference. So this I don't like. So Shotzi Blackheart, yeah? She's making, what, her first, second appearance in NXT. Maros tells us she's a huge Joan Jet fan. Hence the name Blackheart. So what you're telling me, Maro, is this is all fake. The wrestlers can choose their own names depending on who, what band they may like. So she chose Blackheart. Her real name's not Blackheart. She just chose that name because she's a Joan Jett fan. And I, do you know what I mean? I know, like, yeah, we all know what's going on. We all know it's... I don't like the fake word, but we all know that it's scripted, yeah. But do you really need to tell me that she's chosen her own last name? It's like, 
I'm trying to get behind this woman as a person, not as like some persona she's created. So I didn't like that at all. Some of you might be listening thinking, what is he going on about? But for me, that just, it just shows naivety on commentary. Um, we get Shayna wins. Um, she gives Shotzi Blackheart, of this fantasy name, quite a lot. Um, but I'm wondering, could this be the last time we see Shayna Baszler on NXT? Because she is currently the betting odds favourite to win the Royal Rumble this Sunday. People will be like, oh, you can't tell us the betting odds because it provides spoilers. No, it doesn't. It's just the betting people's opinions at the moment. The only time the like, info leaks is on the actual day of the show. Vince McMahon probably to this moment doesn't even know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, Shayna Baszler is the favourite with the bookies. She's probably the favourite in the eyes of the fans. She's probably going to win the Rumble. Maybe we'll be wrong. But, hey, I was thinking maybe they'll give Shotzi the win and have Shayna go out on her back. But they didn't do that. But they did give Shotzi a lot in this match. But it was fine. It was okay. I've just sat through, like, 40 minutes of women's segments that were just not really that important. Do you know what I mean? I love the women's division on NXT, but it just felt... I'm waiting for this Worlds Collide show to get out of the way. Although, like I said, it'd be a great show. Waiting for it to get out of the way so we can concentrate on the true build for NXT going forward to this pay-per-view in February and going forward to the big show at TakeOver Tampa. Um, and I feel like this is sort of hindering. Next, we have the best thing on the show. Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus Imperium. Really, really good match. Matt Riddle is... I say this every week. Matt Riddle is Unbelievable. Um, Fabian Aigner as well, he was he was the star of this match, Fabian Aigner, he was fantastic in this match, get him on the main main NXT, I know he had a little bit of a run in the meantime, but I get Imperium on NXT, but Walter, can't be bothered living in America, can he, um, but yeah, it, Riddle, every time Riddle comes in the ring, the match was just exciting, the same with Aigner, just a really, really good match, I even went three and a half stars in it, so definitely go and check that match out, the best thing though, so you had uh, Riddle and Pete Dunne, Stood in front of the trophy, you had um, the grizzled young veterans there, and you've got Zach Gibson talking about manipulating a joint, and Matt Riddle's face just looks at the crowd, gives him that little grin. Um, Riddle goes that he lost focus daydreaming about manipulating a joint. The crowd are chanting, Riddle's going to smoke you. Uh, it was just great stuff, great stuff. I'm surprised they actually let Riddle do this, but it was really, really good. Really enjoyed that, the highlight of the show. Um, so yeah, now let's talk about this main event, Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong for the North American title, Keith Lee's big crowning moment, these two had a match maybe like six weeks ago or so on NXT, and I criticised that match, I felt like it fell flat, and they made the same mistakes again in this match, they spent 80% of the match with Keith Lee selling for Roderick Strong. Big Keith Lee selling for Roderick Strong. I don't mind doing that for five minutes, but it's not Keith Lee's strong point. You didn't need to do this in the match. And then it was a dull opening. I was bored for 10 minutes in this match, and I love Keith Lee. Um, they only had the highlight was Keith Lee pouncing um, Strong over the top rope. Strong looked like he was about to get caught so in the ropes. He was quite lucky there. But then it's like Strong is back to working on him. Then Keith Lee just hits the finish out of nowhere. A real anticlimactical victory for Keith Lee. So I was a bit disappointed about that. I was expecting this to be a big crowning moment with a great match. But this is the second Keith Lee-Roderick Strong match that for me hasn't lived up to what you'd think these two could do in the ring. And it just annoyed me like Keith Lee's big moment. You have then Imperium out attacking... Um, undisputed, and it's like, 
This was Keith Lee's crowning moment in your building towards the main event of Worlds Collide. Now, you could have done this Keith Lee title win, do you know what I mean? Next week, you could have done it in three weeks at the paper. Instead, you've done it. And all that people were remembering when the show went off air was a vicious chop from Walter and Adam Cole, where really the show should have been all about the big moment for Keith Lee capturing his first title in the WWE. So, yeah, I was disappointed with how they did that. Um, and it really left a sour knot on the show for me. So, yeah, I've ranted a bit on NXT there. Um, some people might be listening thinking, what's this guy on about? But I'm here to give you my honest opinion. So, to base it out, Dynamite was a good, solid show. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't one of their best shows. But I enjoyed it. It flowed. NXT, on the other hand, was disappointing. I didn't like it. I liked odd bits on the show. But for the whole point, I was a bit bored. The main event was a letdown. I didn't like the booking of it. Which is surprising because Triple H really does, normally does really good booking in terms of getting people over. Maybe better than Dynamite have been doing. But for me, it's a win for AEW. So, no surprises. The winner of the week is Dynamite. I think NXT won last week, but Dynamite are the winner of the week for this week. Neither show was great, but Dynamite did have the better show. And considering Dynamite taped it on a Tuesday... They had to get two separate planes to fly the tapes over back to Atlanta to put on TV. So that just shows the commitment. That's all. AEW, winner of the week. Match of the week. I did enjoy the Matt Riddle-Pete Dunn match um, against um, Fabian Aichner. And I, I don't even know what the guy is. Um, it's the guy called in NXT. What is he called in NXT? Come on. I was, as if I forgot that. Um, to me, he's Axel Dieter Jr., but I don't, I can't think what they call him. Marcel Bartel, is it? Whatever they call him. It's Axel Dieter Jr., for those people who don't watch WXW. Um, but yeah, that was a good match, but for me, the match of the week was Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus SCU. So, match of the week goes to the opener from Dynamite, and winner of the week goes to Dynamite. So, yeah, obviously, um bit of relevance we've got the world collide show so make sure you watch that on saturday night nxt versus nxt uk that should be a really good show you've got the likes of johnny gargano champa versus mustache mountain you've got imperium versus undisputed you've got a really interesting um cruiserweight match with uh that involves jordan devlin i'd love jordan devlin to win that belt and get on nxt proper because the guys are star too big for NXT, too good, sorry, maybe not too big, too good for NXT UK, but yeah, so check out that show, um, we are hoping to do a review show on Sunday of that show, I myself got my little girl tonight, so I can't stay up live to watch it till 3am, but tomorrow I should be able to watch that show, hopefully we'll get a review up for you, if not, me Danny and Tebbs will be back on Tuesday or Wednesday to review the Royal Rumble. I myself will probably do a quick show on it on Monday just to get my thoughts on the news and some of the matches out there. So you've got plenty of shows coming up next week. Probably two Rumble show, two Rumble review shows. You've got, um, we'll be talking the NXT Worlds Collide show. I will quickly go over that on this WWE versus AEW podcast next week. Um, we will be back as ever next Saturday to talk about. Week 17 of the WWE versus AEW podcast. Um, we'll have what we'll start be starting with a build for the NXT proper pay per view in February. I'm calling it proper, that just sums up this pay per view that's coming up. NXT proper pay per view in February. The first lines of build up for that. We'll probably even find out the uh, title match for that show. Um, 
Will it be Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole? Maybe they'll have a filler match in there. Um, but either way, that NXT should be good next week. And then we also have Dynamite, who will be full in full full force going forward towards Revolution. So now we've actually got two shows coming up. We've had eight weeks or so of not really building towards anything, but now I'm hoping these TV shows will get more interesting now. We're only three to four weeks away from there big show so tune into the wwe versus aew podcast next week um subscribe to us on apple spotify if you also want google podcasts if you also want to we have a patreon everybody who's donated so far really appreciate obviously we spend a lot of spare time doing this show so if you want to subscribe get on there www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling Plenty of exciting things coming forward. We're going to Tampa in WrestleMania, flying across the Atlantic, down to Tampa, and we will be there giving our video log of WrestleMania in Tampa. I'm hoping NXT announced their full sale show for that Wednesday because I will hopefully be making the journey to Orlando for that. So stay tuned. We will see you when we are talking about the NXT, NXT UK show and the Royal Rumble. I'm Daniel. Subscribe, listen, enjoy the show. Have a good weekend, everyone. Oh! Oh, good lord! Stinging chops exchange between Eichner and Riddle. Watch out! Dunn making the tag. He gets kicked off by Eichner. Now Bartel looking to seize the opportunity. Oh, my God! Big buster by Eichner! Eichner looking to jettison Riddle and Dunn! Pete tagged by Bartel. Who's the, who are the legal men, Nigel? I want the official now. The official penitentiary. Oh, the European bomb. No, run a reversal by Riddle into the German suplex. Riddle's on his feet. Final flash to the jaw of Eichner. Power bomb. Another step up knee. The tag, and Pete Dunn is a legal man. Eichner is rocked. Broser Waits combining again, scintillating tandem offense. Broser Waits meet GYV in the final. Here are your winners, the team of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. Well, it's looking like we have our Dusty Classic finals. The grizzled young veterans versus Riddle and Dunn. The Jokers, the bros awaits. Whatever it is that you two dweebs are calling yourselves. But Pete, I want to address you directly. The full sail neckbeards actually believe that you, that they think that you are the best thing to come from NXT UK. But we know the truth. You are the most selfish. Every single time we have tried to take the next step in our career, you have been the roadblock. But that changes next week. We are going to take you out and we are going to take this trophy back to Liverpool. Every single time they've stepped in the ring with me, they've lost. And next week, guess what? You lose. And the bros awaits 
Walk out with that trophy, bro.